Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. This afternoon, we thank you, Lord, for a beautiful day, a day that you have made. Lord, we thank you for giving us the opportunity to live to see this day. We thank you, Lord, for adding one more day to our lives. We are grateful, oh God. We are thankful, oh God. We pray, Lord, that as we have come in your presence, Lord, let us not live the same as we came, but we pray for a transformation, a change, a step up in our minds, in our hearts, in our walk with you, in the name of Jesus. Lord, today give us a new meaning in our walk with you, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I avail myself. Let me be a vessel that is fit for the master's use. Speak through me, O Lord. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus? Clap for Jesus as you take your seats. Today I want to share with you a very short message. Um, I want to talk to you about faithfulness. Faithfulness. Hallelujah. Is it a good topic? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Before we do that, why don't we look at our scripture of the week? Very powerful scripture. Are you ready for our scripture of the week? I think the the weeks have been very nice. Isn't that so? Our scriptures have been very nice. Amen. John 3 and verse 6 and 7. Let us read it and then we will... It's a scripture that I think all of us know, but... There are some sheep among us that are just born, and we are also walking with a flock. So let us take it step by step. So John 3, 6, and 7. Let us read it. One, two, three, go. John 3, 6, and 7. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. John 3, 6 and 7. Hallelujah. Is it powerful? Yes. This is, this is when Nicodemus went to see Jesus. Very, very important conversation. Private interview. And Jesus says something so powerful. It's something that a lot of people neglect. A lot of people call themselves Christians, but they neglect and they overlook. But I think it's a very powerful scripture. So let us read it one more time, and then we will take it off. It's, it's a scripture that you know already. It's a must-know scripture. Every Christian, this is the reason why you are here. This is the reason why you are here. This is the reason why you are different. Amen. This is the reason why you are different from 
Any person that says he believes in God, this is what makes you a different person. Hallelujah. So let us take it again. One, two, three, go. John 3, 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. John 3, 6 and 7. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, we can try. We can try. Let's take it off. Let's take it off. And I want you to say it as loud as you can so that you can only hear yourself. Only hear yourself. One, two, three, go. which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. John 3, 6 and 7. Clap for yourselves. Clap for yourselves. Clap for yourselves. Powerful. Powerful. Well, if you are among those who could not really say it like you wanted to, Please try and study this word, use it for your quiet time, and it will bless you. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, faithfulness. Faithfulness. Back to our message this afternoon. Now, faithfulness is a very important characteristic when it comes to working with God. It's a very, very important element in a Christian's life. When you are working with God, faithfulness is required of you. It is a requirement. Hallelujah. You need it. It is a prerequisite in working with God. You cannot work with God without being faithful. Hallelujah. Faithfulness means reliable. Reliability. It talks about reliability. It means remaining Constant, remaining constant, even in changing seasons. Faithfulness means remaining constant even in changing seasons. That things around you are changing, but you are not changing. That is faithfulness. Hallelujah. So faithfulness is tested when things are changing around you. Faithfulness is tested when situations have changed. And then we are looking at you to see that you have not changed. That speaks of faithfulness. Hallelujah. In the dictionary, it implies long, continued, and steadfast fidelity to whatever one is bound to by a pledge, duty, or obligation. That is faithfulness. Hallelujah. It's a long, continued, and steadfast fidelity to whatever one is bound to by a pledge, duty, or obligation. Amen. Now you realize that many of us really love God. Many of us. I don't know anyone here Who does not love God? Amen. Amen. I don't think there's anyone amongst here who does not love God. 
You will not be here if you did not love God. Amen. Amen. Now, just even today, look how cold it is. You would not come here if you did not love God. You will not come here if you did not have some affection. And you will not come here if God is not someone that you can rely on. Isn't that so? So I can say that almost everyone who is here loves God. Hallelujah. You come here Sunday, Tuesday, Friday, and Friday you stay all night waiting on God. Saturdays you have meetings. There are women's meetings. Saturday there's choir meetings. There are uh, businessmen and professionals meetings. Isn't that so? Monday, Thursday, we have prayer lines. We come on a prayer line. You come actively praying. Every morning, you rise up to pray. Come on a prayer line to pray. So, in fact, when you look at it, it's almost every day, every day, you have something to do with God. It means that you spend even more time with God than you do with other things. It means you love God. Hallelujah. You love God. Isn't that so? You love God. Because if you didn't love God, you would not do all these things. You come even when you are tired. You come when you are sleepy. You come when you have exams. Amen. You come sometimes from work. After a long day's work, you are coming to the presence of God. You must love God. Hallelujah. Many of us serve God at the expense of something. We serve God at the expense of our time, at the expense of money. It costs us to serve God. We give to God. We pay tight, large sums of money. You see, we love God. It must be love. It must be that we love God. Some of us, we serve God at the expense of our families. Amen. At the expense of your family, the time that you would have spent with your family, you, you neglect that and then you come in the presence of God. Some of us, we serve God at the expense of our relationships. At the expense of our friendship. Amen. So we must love God. Hallelujah. Now this is an element that God expects to see in everyone who serves him. He expects to see this element of faithfulness in everyone who serves him. Can I have an amen? Amen. That you remain the same, that you don't change, that you remain constant no matter what is happening, God expects to see that in you. God is looking to see that is in you. Hallelujah. Because God does not intend to change towards you. God's mind about you is not about to change. Hallelujah. God does not intend to change concerning his promises to you. In fact, there's a scripture, we read a scripture in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 35. Matthew 24 and verse 35. 
It says, Heaven and earth shall pass away. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. This is from God to you. Hallelujah. He says, I will never ever leave you, nor forsake you. It means that things will change, but I will not leave you. He says, heaven and earth shall pass away. This is God's promise to you. That heaven and earth will change. Things will change in the heavens. Things may change on earth. But my words, my promises to you, they will never pass away. Hallelujah. They will never pass away. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and 20, it says, the promises of God, they are yea, and they are amen. The many are his promises. It says, for all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen, unto the glory of God by us. All the promises of God. All the promises of God. They are not about to change because things are changing. All the promises of God. So God expects us also to remain the same. God is expecting us to be the same. Hallelujah. If we say, I receive you as my Savior and I will walk with you and I will serve you, God is expecting that these words that you are saying will remain the same. Hallelujah. There's a scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 4. I want to read that from the NIV, if you will, please. It says, when you make a vow to God, when you make a vow to God, do not delay to fulfill it. When you make a vow to God, you see, God keeps his words. He says, heaven and earth will change. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my words to you, my promises, they will never pass away. So he said, when you make a vow to God, do not delay to fulfill it. He has no pleasure in fools. Do you understand? That means that fools are the ones who make promises or make pledges and they don't fulfill it. Or even yet still, delay in fulfilling it. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Because at the end of the, the sentence, it says, when you make a vow to God, do not delay in fulfilling it. He has no pleasure in fools. That means that his, this statement is following that one that he just finished. Can, I, can we say that? It's not difficult to understand the Bible. It's nothing hidden. It says, when you make a vow to God, do not delay to fulfill it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. Fulfill your vow. Because he has no pleasure in fools. It is better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it. This is the word of God. I'm sharing with you. I'm reading the Bible. He says it is better not to make a vow than to make one and fulfill it. That means it was better you are an unbeliever than to say, I receive Christ as my Savior and I, will, I welcome you into my life 
And from this day forth, I will walk with you and not fulfill it. It was better you didn't make that statement. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It says, do not let your mouth lead you into sin. And do not protest to the temple messenger. You see, a lot of times we make promises to God. And we say, how many of you are here who are willing to give this, support this, and then you lift up your hands and then we write your name down. And then we come and we ask you, the pledge or the promise that you make, can you fulfill it? And then you are angry with the temple messenger. The, the, the church messenger that is just coming to ask you or call you. So the Bible says, and do not protest to the temple messenger. My vow was a mistake. <laughs> he said, my, my vow was a mistake. Oh, I'm the one that said I'm going to give, but I'm not giving any Do that. I have changed my mind. Don't protest. Don't protest to the temple manager or messenger that my vow was a mistake. Why should God be angry at what you say and destroy the work of your hand? Making a vow to God or making a promise to God and not fulfilling it, you make God angry and he destroys the work of your hand. Beloved, it's a very serious matter. Faithfulness. God does not joke with faithfulness. Hallelujah. It is a Christian character that is taken seriously. Hallelujah. It is a Christian character that will take you to heaven. Do you want to know the characters that will take you to heaven? It's faithfulness. Faithfulness. Psalm 15, verse 1. Psalm 15, verse 1. I'm going to show you a typical Christian characteristics that will take you to heaven. That will lead you to heaven. Do you want to know? I will share with you. Psalm 15 verse 1. We can read the King James. Fine. Hallelujah. Psalm 15 and verse 1. It says, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall stay in your tabernacle? Who shall abide? That means who will remain in your tabernacle? You see, what I'm going to show you is going to select some of us and the rest you will be kicked out. At the end, you will know who will remain and who will not remain. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? We will see who will remain and who will not remain. So he says, Lord, you see, today it's cold. And there are some people, because the weather changed, they have changed towards God. Do you understand? They say, I'm the one that said I will come, but today I'm not coming. Do you understand? I, I came to the church. Did you invite me? I did you, Pastor, well, did you bring me to I'm the one that came myself. Today I'm not coming. But you see, some people feel that they make the promise to the pastor. But when you take this vow, you take it with God. And he promises that. He says, he says be separate, saith the Lord. Do you understand? And he separates you from the unbelievers. And he says, I will be your God and you will be my children. That is his promise. And he intends to make provision for you. 
Because you have separated yourself from the unbelievers. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It says, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? Isn't it an important question? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? Who will remain? To abide means you are, const- you are not going anywhere. You are abiding. And to remain means you, I mean, to dwell means you are there. You dwell there. Now, it's a great question. Now, here is the answer. It says, he that walketh uprightly. Do we walk uprightly? By the grace of God. (laughs) I'm giving you a typical Christian characteristics. Don't worry, we'll be closing in a few minutes. He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. Do you understand? This is a Christian. Ellen, do you understand? Speaks the truth in his heart or in her heart. You say they are talking about the men, not the women. All of us. It's too much whenever we have to say his or her, him or her. And it's too much. He or she. So don't exclude all of this is for all of us. The one that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. That what you are saying in your heart, you know it is true. There are some of the things that we say that is true from our mouth, but it's not true in our hearts. And that you are the only one that knows. The only other person who knows is God. He's the only one that knows that this is not true in your heart. That you say that, oh, I love you, daddy. And sometimes you see, people say, daddy, oh, I love you, daddy. You see, it is in the mouth, but it is not in the heart. Mommy, mommy. Sometimes you say, say, mommy, my daddy, my mommy, my daddy. It's not true. It's not true. And the only one who knows is God. Do you understand? Are you listening to me? Wonderful. He said, I'm giving you Christian characteristics that will make you, that will make you abide in the tabernacle until Christ comes, that you abide in the tabernacle. Amen. He said, he that biteth not with his tongue. Do you understand backbiting? That means that I can see you, you are behind me and you are biting me at the back. Backbiting. Now listen to this carefully. It means, it's not, it's, it means that you are doing something that is painful. But I can see. <laughs> Amen. Backbiting is damaging. It means that what I'm doing is going to hurt you. Amen. Because you see, when you are coming to bite me in the front, I can do some. <laughs> so, you see, a Christian that will abide, it's okay to bite from the front. Do you understand? It's okay to bite from the front, but, but biting is not a good one. It will, make, it will not make you abide. So, it says, he that backbiteth not with his tongue. Not even your teeth. <laughs> that means the tongue is a very painful thing for the things that you say. 
nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. Wow. Not doing evil to your neighbor. Amen. You see, God is not talking about your family. He's talking about your neighbor. That even at the expense of your family, to do good to your neighbor, it is okay. I'm telling you. Hallelujah. You, look, anyone who does harm, anyone who does harm to his friend or her friend, anyone who does harm to his friend or her friend, will also do harm to you. Take this from me. I am your pastor. I'm giving you a good counseling. Anyone, anyone who does harm that you see or that you hear, that backbites. Are you listening to me? Anyone, I am your pastor. I will not tell you something that is not true. Anyone who backbites that says wicked things about another. Anyone who does any harm that I said something to you about this person and you know that it's damaging to this person means that what I said is now making you look at this person in a different light. If I open your eyes to negative things about this person and you can see that, oh, the thing that I have said, it has made you now look at this person very carefully. Do you understand? Anyone who does that I am giving you the assurance that that person will do the same thing to you. It is the person's nature. I said it is the person's nature. Do you understand? But you see, what has not made the person done it to you is because condition between us remain the same. It has not changed. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Today, our relationship is the way it is. We still can hug. We still can laugh. We still can sit down and eat. That condition is the same. And so, what I'm doing to her, you don't think I can do it to you. The only way you will know that I can do it to you is when the situation, when the condition changes. Then you will know that I can do it. Look, this is how, this is how, this is the way I choose trusted friends. This is how I choose trusted friends. I'm telling you. And if you, if you, if you do that, anyone who backbites about another person to you, that person will do the same. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It says, he that backbited not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. He's the one that would abide in the tabernacle of God. Hallelujah. You see, let me tell you, when your friendship changes, when the conditions, the situations around your friendship changes, that person will do the same thing to you. The person will do that even more. You see, have you not, have you not, confi- you see, the moment, the, the reason why you will confide in someone 
about personal things and about secret things is because you trust that person. Now, the reason why you are trusting that person is because there are certain conditions and it has made it possible for you to trust the person. That is why you pour out your heart. Have you not poured out your heart to someone and then the conditions change and then you hear that person pouring out the same things that you poured out onto another person? Have you not seen that before? So you see, if a person is with you and the person is constantly telling you about another person, it's because their condition has changed. That is why the person is telling you this. Yours is about to change, and then they will pour out to you also. And that is how, that is how I choose my friends. That is how I know a trusted friend. You see, it is not easy to find a friend that you can trust. It is not easy to find someone you can trust. It is not easy for God to find someone that he can trust. Do you understand what I'm saying? So he says, a person that backbited not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, he will abide in the tabernacle of God. Verse 4 says, In whose eyes a vile person is contempt. That means that a person that will abide in the tabernacle of God, his eyes, someone who is vile, means a wicked person, evil person, he does not handle easily. Do you understand? It says, in whose eyes a vile person is contempt. Give us the NIV. Let's read it so you understand properly. It says, who despises a vile man? That means he despises wicked people. But honors those who fear the Lord. If you see a person who honors those who fear the Lord, that person is a trusted friend. That person you can, you, can, you can trust. I'm telling you that you can pour out your heart to that person. Who keeps his oath even when it hurts? That means the person makes a promise and he keeps it even when it hurts. The person said, he said, this thing that I'm telling you, can you keep it to yourself? Please don't tell anyone. He said, oh. Unku minku. Is there any difference between you and me? Ah, how long have you not known me? How long have you heard anything? Have you told me anything that I have said to another person before? Have you heard anything from my mouth that you have told me that you have heard it from another person? You see, that has, and then you say, no. The reason why is that nothing has come that will hurt her or that will hurt him. And him also. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, these things happen with men and it happen with women also. It says that he who keepeth his oath, that means when I said, tell me and I will not tell anybody, I will not tell anybody, but now that I'm hurt, he says, he who keepeth his oath, even when he's hurt. He says, he who keepeth his promise, or changeth not, even when he's hurt. 
Even when the condition changes, that he's hurting. That means that the person who you can trust, the person who you can trust is the one that you, even you, you have hurt that person, but that does not still change the promise that he made to you. Do you understand? You have hurt me, but that does not change the promise that... You see, that is God to you. That is a promise that God gives you. That, yes, you promise that you walk with me. And I see that you have involved yourself in some sin, but that does not change my mind about you. That does not change my mind about you. That is a person who honors those who fear the Lord. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That is a person who fears the Lord. He says he... He maketh promises and he, he changed not. That means that even if it will hurt him to not do this, he will not. He will allow it to hurt him. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Verse 5, it says, He that putteth not out his money to usury. That means that that person, he doesn't lend to you and looking for interest from you. <laughs> He says, oh, I, do, can you lend me this amount of money? Oh, it's in my savings account. And, you know, it gives me interest. So he said, you give it to me, I'll, buy, I'll pay you back. But, you see, if I had kept it in the bank, it would have given me this interest. So when you are bringing it, add this interest. <laughs> you see, you think that is fair. So banks are not your friends. Do you understand? When they lend you money. He says, and does not accept a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. This kind of person will never be shaken. You know, I know that I know certain people, I know certain people in the church that they are their very close friends get to a point where they were hurt and they left. And you would expect that they will also leave, but they remain. You see, that is a person that God can trust. That it is to your detriment, it is to your own head, but it changes not. It will not change you. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So you see, I don't joke with such people. And I'm telling you that God does not joke with people who make promises to him and keep it. Because it's difficult to find a person like that. That is why when I see a person like that, I give all my heart to such a person. When I see a person like that, I, 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 my heart goes out to that person. And I will do anything for such a person. And that is how God operates. That is how God operates. There's a scripture in Exodus. Numbers. Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12 and verse 1. So you see, God does not joke with people that he finds... You see, because it is not easy for God to find one person in his house who is faithful. It's not easy for God to find one person who is constant. That conditions change, but they are the same. He says, and Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. You see, God has said that they should not marry outside of the Israeli come or try. And Moses went and he married an Ethiopian woman. Do you understand? But you see, that kind of thing, it is between God and Moses. 
But Miriam and Aaron, they spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. The Bible confirmed that, yes, truly, he had married an Ethiopian woman. And that God knows. Do you understand? Verse 2, it says, and they said, had the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses. You see, when sometimes you look at a man of God and certain sin involved with the man of God or certain aspect of manly things with the man of God, you would think that, oh, if he, if he can do these things, then we all can do it. I mean, look, he's doing all these things and he's also still preaching. We cannot preach. Do you understand? So this is how they were looking at Moses, even God said we should not marry outside of the Israeli tribe, and he has gone to marry an Ethiopian woman, and he still called himself prophet. Oh, I think we, are all can, we can all be prophets. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So he says, and they said, had the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses, had he not spoken also by us? And the Lord had it. Beloved, be careful. What you say? Because the Bible says, and the Lord heard it. Patrick, do you understand the word of God? It says, and the Lord heard it. Now, the man Moses was very meek. Above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. He was, if you are looking for a humble person, his name was Moses. It's like when you say humble, in that time, the synonym is Moses. <laughs> Amen. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and Aaron and unto Miriam. Come out, you three, unto the tabernacle of the congregation. He said, come out, you three. And the three came out. <laughs> it's not an easy thing. Look, you see, we say certain things and we are not mindful. And because of the company, because we want to be part of it, and we say certain things, be mindful that whatever statement you make, whatever thing that comes out of your mouth, he says, the Lord heard it. It's as if it was casual conversation. And the Lord heard it. He says, come out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle. It's not an easy thing. The pillar of the cloud was to leave the whole nation. Now, oh, that's the three of you. You have caused the pillar of cloud to come down. Because of a statement. It says, and the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam and they both came forth. So it's like, the three. you see, it's not even a good example, so I don't even want to use <laughs> any one of you. So like three people, and then he pulled the two of them. Come forward. It's like, step forward. And then Moses was behind. And he said, this is what the Lord said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. This is how God will speak even to a prophet. Do you understand? I am sharing something very, very important with you. Because, you see, when God is revealing something to someone in a vision and in a dream, that person qualifies to be a prophet. That means that even a prophet 
may not even be faithful, but God will reveal things to the person in dreams and in vision. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? I want you to note that. It says, and the Lord, it says, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so. My servant Moses is not so. Moses is not an ordinary prophet. There is some characteristics about him. There is some other element about him completely different from all other prophets. He said, my servant Moses is not so. He says, who is faithful in all my house? There is, I tell you, when you are faithful, God does not joke with you. That when conditions change and they were now not in Egypt, but they're in the wilderness and where there is no food and everyone changed because the condition has changed, Moses did not change. Moses' heart towards God was still the same. When there was no food, Moses did not change. When there was no water, Moses did not change. He says, my servant Moses is not so. It's not like that. Verse 8, he says, with him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches. I will speak to him mouth to mouth. Oh, but do you understand the word of God? I will speak to him mouth to mouth. Even apparently, that means clearly. And not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. He will see the similitude of the Lord. God does not reveal himself like that. But because of that element of faithfulness, that no matter what is happening, you are the same. No matter what is happening, you are not changing. Conditions are changing. Seasons are changing and you are the same. God takes you on such pedestal. Hallelujah. It is such an element that God treasures so much. He says, I will, he says and the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then, were ye not afraid to speak against my servant? You are faithful. God will defend you. God will stand on your behalf. God will fight for you. God will protect you. God will fight those who fight you. God will oppose those who oppose you. God will resist those who resist you. God can confuse those who fight you. God will send sicknesses among those who fight you. When you are faithful. Just that element of faithfulness. I'm not talking about you didn't sin. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? I'm not talking about you are a perfect person, but that you are a faithful person. That you are faithful. It says, wherefore then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Verse 9. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them. And he departed. Now, this is the point where a lot of people make mistakes. You see, in the, in the, in the, in the case of Miriam, it was, the result was the a next verse. But in the case of you, it may not be a next verse. And so, you see, sometimes people say things and they think they have gotten away with it. So they come again and they say it again. But you see, you have said it and the Bible said the Lord heard it and he departed. 
And so you are there and nothing has happened to you. So maybe for the moment, most Aaron and Miriam, they thought, is that all? It's okay. Do you understand? It says, and he departed. Now for her, unfortunately, it was just another verse for the report, the result of that. It says, and the cloud departed from off the tabernacle. And behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. Aaron looked, and behold, truly, it was not snowflakes. She was leprous. Amen. She was leprous. Beloved, God does not joke with people who are faithful. When someone is faithful and doing the things of God and serving God, God watches over that person. God protects that person. God fights for that person. So when you find someone who is faithful, someone who fears God, someone who, who abhors evil, someone who, who honors people who love God and who fear God, be very careful with such a person. Be very careful about the things you say about such a person. Because every statement you make, God hears it. God hears it. Perhaps your time, your time of the departure of the cloud, the pillar of cloud, is not one verse. Perhaps it's 10 years. Perhaps it's one year. Perhaps it's a few months. Perhaps it's three months. So he says, not so with my servant Moses, because he's faithful in all of my house. He's faithful in all of my house. He's faithful in all of my We all look for faithfulness in our relationships. We are all looking for faithfulness. You see, everyone endeavors to find faithfulness in their relationship. You are looking for faithfulness in your marriage. You are looking for faithfulness with your friends. You are looking for faithfulness with your teachers, even. You want your professor, as he has taught you, the things that he has taught you, you want him to bring those same things in the exam. You don't like when he has taught you this and then he's bringing something else. You think he's unfaithful. You think it's not fair. You see, so we are all looking for faithfulness in our relation, in every relationship. We are looking for faithfulness. It is our nature. And so God treats those who he finds faithful in his house, he treats them with such importance. He hears things about them. He listens to people who talk about them. He listens to people who do things for them. He listens to people who, or he watches people who do things for them. He watches people who say things to them. Say, not so with my servant Moses, who is faithful in all of my house. May that be your story. May that be your story. That you are faithful in all of God's house. That you make a vow and you change it not even to your own head. May that be found in your relationship. May you find a husband who is faithful, a husband who will never change. May you find a friend who is faithful, a friend who will never change, a friend who will stand steadfastly with you, a friend who will never change. As you pour out your heart to a friend, may the Lord place that element of faithfulness in your friend. In the name of Jesus, may the Lord find you faithful in all of his house. May the Lord find you faithful in all of his house. Because there is a great blessing when the Lord finds you faithful in the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet. Our time is up, but we'll continue next time we meet. Clap for the Lord. Not so with my servant Moses. 
Not so with my servant Moses. Not so with my servant Moses. Amen. With all eyes closed, every head bowed, you are here this afternoon. You are not born again. The Lord is here to save. The promise that he made more than 2,000 years ago, as he gave his life, that same promise stands still today. He says he gave his only begotten son. If only you will believe in him. His promise is the same. He has thrown the ball in your courts. If only you will play it back, it is up to you to believe in him. His promise is the same. You are here this afternoon. You want to give your life to Christ. Wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Christ? Do not live here if you are not born again. You have not given your life to Jesus. You are not saved. Do not live here. You want to give your life to Christ. You want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Let him have his way. Father, we are thankful and grateful for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for causing us, Lord, to approach and be a part of this wonderful and great kingdom. We thank you, Lord. We are grateful to you. We thank you for your promises. We thank you, Lord, for your word that changeth not. We thank you, O Lord, even when we have sinned against you. Even when we are gone against you, Lord, your promises remain the same. We are grateful to you. Oh, a faithful God, we are thankful to you. We are thankful that we can call upon you in whatever situation we may find ourselves. And you will respond and you will answer. We thank you, Lord, for never changing, for your promises. You say you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. We are grateful and thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. We want to come before the Lord's table quickly. We We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.